Welcome to the Reminders of Grace podcast. The Reminders of Grace podcast exists to provide a reference for truth, promote a refocus on the gospel, and provoke a profound reminder of grace for our lives today. I am your host, my name is Derek, and I want to welcome you to the show. Thank you so much for joining us in this space. I am constantly being humbled by the ways that God is revealing himself to be totally and completely in control here. By the ways that God is using this platform to encourage, to challenge, and to reach people in ways that in myself, that in my own strategy, I just never could. So I thank the Lord for what he's doing, and I also thank you so much for choosing to be a part of it. It means so much to me. We are in part three of our series entitled Subtle Strongholds, the things in our lives that have established a level of permanence but genuinely should not be there. They are things that seem subtle in our own personal valuation and comparison. They're things that can and potentially have settled in and we didn't even really notice them. They are places that we run to almost instinctively. And the reality is that we must address them. And we must deal with these strongholds. We would love nothing more in ourselves than to build walls around them. And to protect them at all costs. But they will hurt us far more than and long before they help us. So let's just get rid of them. This episode will be a little bit different. We're going to take more of a shallow dive, and we won't be as long as usual. Our episode today is on the subtle strongholds of complaining. So the question is, what is complaining? Well, the dictionary describes it as expressing discontentment, displeasure, or unhappiness bringing an accusation or a charge against, to lament, to murmur, or to find fault. And so what can we seek to learn from that definition? Number one, complaining is an expression, not merely something that is felt or just something that stirs internally. Number two, while that is true, complaining is often most rooted in feelings not always in reality or facts. Complaining is rooted in how we feel, not in necessarily what is true. Number three, complaining is an actual indictment. It is an accusation or it's a charge against, it's an indictment. And number four, complaining displays a certain level of a lack of responsibility because it seeks to find faults. And ultimately, it seeks to find fault somewhere else. So it displays a certain lack of personal responsibility. Complaining is one of those things that we all find ourselves doing. And it's not a badge of honor. And it's not something that we should be proud of. Complaining can become a fixture in our lives so easily. We sometimes disguise it as, quote, I'm just venting. But I think way too often, the times that we are venting are actually complaints, and that's not overly healthy. We constantly have things to complain about. 
And if by some chance we don't, we will find ourselves going to look for it. And then we'll find something because it's almost like we need it. It is almost like we need something to complain about. While we have spent time diving into examples in the Word of God about these strongholds thus far, when it comes to anger, when it comes to bitterness, for the sake of this conversation, we're not going to dive so far into examples. And one of the main reasons is because there's just too many. If you were to read the story of the exodus of the Hebrews from Egypt, you would think there's no way that the people that saw and experienced what they saw and experienced would have something to complain about. But that would be incorrect. Over the course of the next 40 plus years, they would repeatedly complain and complain. To summarize, they would complain about not enough water, a protein-lacking diet, blistered feet, change in leadership, etc., This wasn't just a handful of people. This was an entire nation. Some estimates purport two million people. And these people had seen God do unreal things in the very recent past. They had a very recent history of benefiting from what God did. But yet, moments into their journey, apparently all is not right with the world. And so, while we've looked at the definition of complaining from a dictionary perspective, I want us to walk through it in the context of a gospel conversation. I want us to see it for what it is, for what God sees it to be. To put this in perspective, more Hebrews would die from complaining than from any other thing. That's how serious God viewed it. But why would God view it so harshly? I mean, complaining, it really doesn't seem like that big of a deal. It seems so subtle. But if you get nothing else out of our time together on this episode, though I do hope and pray that you do get more, get this. Complaining is not ultimately our response to our circumstances, but our response to God. Complaining is not ultimately our response to our circumstances, but our response to God. When we complain, when we are thankless, it is not ultimately because we are dissatisfied or unhappy with our circumstances, but because we are dissatisfied or unhappy with God. Now that sounds heavy, and it's almost never how we actually view our complaints, but let me show you why it's true. The Hebrews spent 400 plus years enslaved in Egypt, and during that time they complained, which, real talk, that's not hard to understand. God sent the Hebrews a deliverer, someone that he had raised up to lead them out of slavery as a nation and into an incredible land that he had promised them. That deliverer's name was Moses, and the Hebrews complained about him. They see God do supernatural, miraculous things in leading them out, and in addition to that, allows them to leave materialistically wealthy. He takes this giant body of water called the Red Sea, and he literally splits it in half, and everyone walks across on dry ground. He then closes it back and drowns an entire army. They get to the other side, and shortly they find something to complain about. 
Complaining was a staple of their journey. Despite God providing, protecting, overpowering, they still found something to complain about. Because complaining wasn't, it wasn't exuded due to their circumstances. Because as their circumstances changed, as they improved, they still complained. Because complaining is not ultimately our response to our circumstances, but our response to God. Remember our definition, expressing discontentment, displeasure or unhappiness, bringing an accusation or a charge against, to lament, to murmur, or to find fault. The reason why God takes it so seriously is because all of this, all of that definition, it's all against God, who has proven himself 10,000 times 10,000 to the 10,000th power and even more. He has done so much, but when we complain, we are expressing discontentment, displeasure, or unhappiness towards him. We are bringing an accusation against him that in our current state, he's not being, quote, good or, quote, fair. We are finding fault with a God that is completely and unequivocally faultless. The scriptures tell us to do all things without grumbling or complaining. Do all things without grumbling or complaining. And then it says in another place, in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So we are outright commanded by God to do everything without complaining. And that it is God's will. It is his desire for us that we be thankful in every single circumstance and situation in life. We tend to experience thanklessness in hand with forgetfulness. Thanklessness and forgetfulness often go hand in hand. When we forget about how good God has been, it is easy for us to find something to complain about. When we forget all the things that God has done for us, all the things that God is to us, when the bank statement looks like a GPA, when the doctor visit didn't bear favorable news, when we're having to walk away from that relationship, it is so easy for us to reach for complaining. So as we close this out, yes, I said it would be shorter. Let's look at the remedy for this. The remedy for this looks like this. Number one, we need to remember. The reality is we don't actually forget how good God has been. It more accurately looks like we are refusing to acknowledge it. When we are tempted to complain, we need to reach for a memory of how good God has been to us. And if we're honest, we won't have to reach too far back because he is always good to us. When we're tempted to find fault with God for the current state of our lives, of our nation, of our world, we need to remember what he's done for us. If you are a follower of Jesus, he has rescued you 
He has delivered you from the bondage of sin and has given you access to him, joy with him, hope because of him, and purpose in him. He's given you life when you had none, peace when you found none. He has been infinitely good to you in that instance alone. And now look over the course of your life and take time to remember. Before we sit in our circumstances and view them in our perspective, thinking that God has been so, quote, unfair, remember how good he has been in the past. He hasn't changed. He's not having an off season, and he has not forgotten us. And I know that it's tough. I know personally that it is tough. This is a stronghold that I struggle with more than pretty much anything else we'll cover in this series. So I get it. But this is how we address it. We remember what God has done. But also we need to trust. The remedy for this looks like remembering and it looks like trusting. Because we can look back over the course of our life and see all the things that God has done in the past. That's part of remembering. It should drive us to trust him to do the same things and meet the same needs for our future. There's unrest all around us. There's uncertainty that accompanies that unrest. But as we remember, that propels us into trusting him. The only metric I have for trusting God for tomorrow is remembering how good he was to me yesterday. The only metric I have for trusting God for tomorrow is remembering how good he was to me yesterday. I need to remember, I need to trust, and I need to believe. And what's the difference? What is, what, what is it that we are believing? This is a reality that God has kindly and graciously smacked me with a lot recently. Here's the truth. God is not good because he woke you up today. God is not good because he woke you up today, because you get to listen to this episode, because you are experiencing life today. God is not good because he woke you up today. God is good because he is God. So when we look at our circumstances and say, God has not been good lately, we're not being truthful nor are we believing the reality of who God is. We believe that God owes us something, that he should follow our plan, that he should be on our schedule. And when he isn't, and when he doesn't, we think, well, he's just not being good. We see that there's unrest. We see that there's people dying. We see that there's so much trauma and turmoil. He must not be good. The problem is the foundation for the truth that we mentioned about God being good. The foundation for that truth is that God is not good based on how we experience him. God is good because he is God. Because he stands alone as God, he is good. He is always good. What do we believe about God's goodness? Ask and answer that question for yourself. What do you believe about God's goodness? There's a song that recently came out from Vertical Worship. It's called, 
how good is he? There's a bridge in that song that says, quote, thank you, Jesus. And then the next few words express the manner in which we are thanking him and what we are thanking him for. It says, quote, with everything, with everything that I have, with my whole being, with my whole soul, with everything that I have, with my whole effort, all of me, with everything, for everything, for everything that I have, for everything that he's done, for everything that he is, for everything that he's given to me, with everything that I have, for everything that I have. And I love that so much. It's so powerful. But it's not even close. In my mind, and in my opinion, it doesn't even come close to the most powerful words of that song. The song ends with a line that every single time I listen to it, every single time I sing it, every single time I think about it, it just, it really just shakes me. And it's something that I feel like I have to remind myself of over and over again. This is what we're talking about. This is what we're talking about when we say believe. Finding a remedy to complaining. This is what we need to believe. The song ends with a line, quote, if he never did another thing for me, he is all I'll ever need. How good is he? Friend, I know that this is about complaining. I know that this episode was focused on complaining. And I know that some of us are in circumstances and in seasons when we're thinking, God if you're good, I'd love to see it anytime soon. But honestly, if you only had the body of work up until this moment, if you only had God's body of work up until this moment in your life to testify to his goodness as evidence of his goodness, only what you have in your life till today, would it be enough to believe that he is good? That last line of the song is so challenging, it's so convicting, because in my flesh and in my feelings, regardless of reality, I can say, well, that's not true. But in reality, because of facts, because of history, because of evidence, if I take the time to remember what he's done, to trust that he can do it again, and to believe that God is who he is, it is so true. It's so true. If you've never heard that song, I will link it in the show notes so that you can experience it. But I want to say this. Complaining is not something that we should be proud of. It's not something that we should be proud that we all struggle with. In fact, it should drive us to a place of humble, open transparency with how severe this issue is. But because God is good, because God is good, it just doesn't have to be a stronghold in our lives. As we say this every week and every episode, we mean it. If you would not consider yourself a follower of Jesus or a Christian and you have questions on what that means or what it would look like, that's a good place to be. I want to encourage you to reach out to me, and in just a moment, I'll let you know some ways that you can do that. I know that this is a place where you will be loved, 
and you will find grace for wherever you are in life. I know that to be true, and I hope you know that as well. Thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed today's episode, tell me about it. There are a few ways that you can connect with me by email at remindersofgracepodcast at gmail.com. That's reminders with an S of gracepodcast at gmail.com. In addition, you can find a link to our brand new website, as well as my socials in the info section of this episode. Also, if you could please do me a favor and be sure to leave a review and then click on that subscribe or follow button wherever you engage with the podcast to be certain that you never miss an episode. And as you head into your week, as you head into your week, as you navigate through your journey, as you face whatever you face, or as you seek to live on mission, be reminded of his grace. And know that no matter what, it is always, every single time, greater still.